Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Unbox. I'm your host Pauline and um, today if you're if this is your first time watching please make sure that you hit the subscribe button on YouTube and if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts we're also on there as well. Um, also be sure to sh- follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at The Unbox Show. Um, oh sorry just Unbox Show. Today I'm going to introduce our guests and we'll start with Stephanie. You can just do a little wave. <laughs> Tunji. Hello. Travis. Hi, hi. Adira. Hello. Abigail. Uale. What's up? Ray. How you doing? And Delfina's ghost is here. So (laughs) 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 here in spirit. (laughs) Okay, so um so today's episode we're just gonna wanna talk about essentially girls and uh guys when they're raised up in like a family structure, how those dynamics are different and how they're raised. So for example, I think we've all heard um, kind of the argument that women are raised with pressure to end up as wives or mothers, and then men are giving more freedom while they're growing up in kind of that younger stage of life. So I'm just going to open it up to the floor to get you guys' opinions on that. Oh, I think men, I think men... Uh, definitely don't grow up with the same pressures that women do. Like, there's no doubt about that. But I think there are pressures that we as guys feel, um, especially, you know, getting into the stage of life that we are now. Like, we definitely, you know, feel pressure to um, have our, you know, careers in order so that, you know, we're in a position where we can provide because that's a lot of our um, image of uh, manhood growing up is like a a man, you know, being able to provide and, you know, um, take care of his family, take care of his girl. Um, You know, um, we don't have the same um, maybe pressures that women do as far as like um, beauty standards and attractiveness. But at the same time, you know, those things, you know, like do exist for us and, um, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of dudes who are gym rats because, you know, if they don't look a certain way, then they become very insecure about that. So, um, you know, um, I guess that's not a home, you know, pressure, but, you know, that is sort of a pressure that we deal with. Um, yeah, I, but I would say like that's off the top of my head. That's probably the main thing that we feel and we either have, we have to sort of um, get away from is feeling like we have to be the 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 main provider of the household all the time i also think a lot about um how as girls we're taught to protect ourselves from predators and how to be a lady when it comes to like sex and the lack of ability for girls or even women to kind of explore their like sexuality um and so guys kind of have this freedom to just express their sexual like prowess and date whoever whenever and like doesn't really matter like there's no restrictions on it um if anything it's just like you know maintain a certain level of respect but i think for women we always have to make sure that we're double checking our drinks and make sure you wear a certain like you have to be mindful of what you wear when you leave the house and don't wear certain things when certain company comes over and I feel like a lot of times with that hard rigid like ways of like raising girls it's a lot of it is like life survival skills so you don't get raped or you don't get kidnapped or things like that and sometimes I don't feel like guys get that same type of like training and then again it puts that victim blame and shame on girls you know and women when something does happen it's like well what didn't you do to prepare yourself or avoid these situations? I agree. Um, it's okay if I thought, yeah. is that cool? Okay. okay. Um, I agree. Um, I am very, I have a little sister who's 20 years old and I'm 25 and um, she's my best friend. And it's so interesting because I had an older brother as well. And when my brother and I started dating and we would have, you know, go on dates with girls and whatnot, um, no one really batted an eye in our family. My parents have always been cool, but I guess like extended family, cousins and uncles, 
Um, nevertheless, when my sister, you know, grew up and she started dating, um, it was almost as if like people would approach me um, almost with glee and be like, trying to like get a reaction. Like, you know, your sister, is ha- she has a boyfriend. Yeah. And it's like, how do you feel about that? And when in reality, it's like, she's already, you know, me and her are close and we share and she's told me everything. And, you know, I'm so happy for her and she's found someone that respects her, but it's almost okay. as if like black, there's a demonization that's attached, that's attached to black women and, and their sexuality or their um, propensity to, to date and to, and to yeah. be in relationships. And it's almost as if like, there was this connotation of she's, fast i'm like she's 17 and in a relationship i'm sure she's cool like it's it's okay yeah. but when i was 17 in a relationship everyone's like ah, you're in a relationship. i was like all right but like and i i just i don't know i don't really understand you know especially i'm really blessed and i'm grounded because i have a really strong mother and my my younger sister even though she's younger i look up to her too and i'm really close with really powerful strong black women in my life so i i i i'm by by their grace not by mine but just by through through um the blessing of having them in my life i'm educated on what it means to be a black woman and how the double standards exist not just for women but the intersection of race and gender for you guys and how that often um permeates into really unfair standards and so um i definitely i perceive it all the time and it's annoying and i've had to whether it's at weddings or any family functions on more than one occasion i've had to kind of stand up and ride for my sister because it's it's corny <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. annoying, but yeah. So it's interesting because I had somewhat of an of an opposite experience when I was seventeen. Because all throughout high school and not until like my second year of university did I have a girlfriend, and and not only did I not have a girlfriend, I wasn't even necessarily interested in dating at the time. And so my my family was low, not actually, but they were low key worried, like. You know, like, what's wrong with this kid? Like, like, what's going on? Like, you, oh, man. like, what you you don't like girls? Like, what, what's 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 going on? Like, why aren't you dating? Why aren't you dating? And so, not to say that it's the same, but like, I I guess I want to pose the question: Is this thing that we see as like a a sexual liberation for young boys, or like boys are allowed to do what they do? Is that actually a pressure to? get as many girls as you can because if you're not the type of dude who goes out and like or is chasing girls all the time then you're seen as like a different way like i've I've gone through that all the time like literally because i i respect women and because i talk to them first as human beings as not as something to you know conquer my sexuality has been put in question by Mm. by women who talk to me they're just like I feel comfortable around you. I don't feel like you're trying to get to me. So at first, when I first met you, I, I thought you, I thought you were gay. And, wow. But but that's how I was taught to, you know, treat women growing up was like treat them with respect, make sure you're not like, you know, objectifying them and and blah blah blah. And so, I I have been wondering like, is this thing that we call men have this freedom? Is it actually this constraint? Is it actually like this pressure to? act and be a certain way because that's what a quote-unquote man does yeah i think definitely there's that pressure um even in the caribbean because like when i was in high school from like since age 13 14 like my friends were like getting all the girls and blah 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 and i wasn't like that like i was very shy i couldn't talk to women back then and they were giving me shit saying like oh you're you know gay and Mm-hmm. all of that and it's well i mean it didn't really affect me but i can see how it could affect other people mm-hmm. and i think it's a very big problem like they're really really forcing you to live by this sort of standard of being like some sort of sex god or something like <laughs> yeah so it's, it sucks i i also think it's, there's a hyper sexualization that's attached to black men um I think that for some reason or another, like, we're expected to, like, I can't tell y'all how many times, first of all, I'm just gonna be very open and say that, like, I, at a very young age, I had, I had, I had to be turned off from, I t- like, I was turned off from white women. Like, there's, there's an element, there's a belief that black men are supposed to, um, how do I say this, like, eloquently? 
they're supposed yeah, to be a certain Conquest. way. This, yeah, con like they're supposed to, you know, he's supposed to be this this beast that like is so emotionally unintelligent one, and it's so just prone to um, like he's just a sexual fantasy for people to have and for people to conquest. Mm. And yeah. I think a lot of the times we've internalized really harmful ideologies of ourselves and our own perception, and when mm. we don't meet them, we start to develop insecurities in our own selves because we're not held we don't hold ourselves to a standard or for some reason we don't meet the standard that non-black people have placed on black men and mm. um it's a really dangerous fallacy to fall victim to and it's really hard to unlearn um so i empathize with you with 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 being a young black man who is emotionally intelligent and who doesn't view women as objects or something to conquest and how that somehow is misinterpreted into believing that um, there's something inherently wrong with us. I think that's mm -hmm. bullshit. Yeah, no, I, I think um, it's actually interesting points you brought up. And then Travis, I remember growing up. Um, so I grew up with, essentially with a single mom. And uh, so my, uh, my personal experience was having a strong uh, black woman as you know, my role model. And, uh, like, and then all her colleagues were essentially like role models as well. I was born in Nigeria, just for context. Mm -hmm. um, and so that kind of to your point, my reference in terms of, at least from my immediate family, in terms of um, uh, tr treating women was coming just from like, you know, my mom and things like that. I don't, I didn't have any sisters. So it was kind of an interesting where it's all boys, no sisters again with that immediate, but we my, have the same background. Model. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was an interesting <laughs> one where it's like my mom was like mom's just, you know what I mean? But um, yeah. but then growing up and then kind of moving over here to Canada and also just growing up, there's it it almost like as a society, there's this internalized misogyny that we have men, and men and women, because it's almost like, it's like the status quo in a sense that's easy to default to. And I do remember the same thing where I was kind of more of the, when I was younger, I was more sensitive because again, I, I just want to treat a, a woman or anyone just the way I would, Want to be treated with respect and things like that but on some level it was interesting it was almost like you never got no one to really talk to you because it's almost like what's what's wrong with this guy which mm -hmm. which is uh and it was an interesting thing but um that really played on my identity for for a longest time mm -hmm. and to a point where after after a while it's almost like i you know i had to what i felt like at the time um that i had to to survive so to speak in terms of the dating world was to kind of take on some of these toxic masculinity kind of thing because like oh those are the guys that got attention from girls or whatever you know whatever mm. you were going through at the time obviously I was a lot younger at this time and you know so for example the whole thing is like oh you know like I we that guy oh that's the guy that all the girls talk to the same guy so what did this person do to be able to do that so it's almost like this like warped sense of confidence that you have now you have to kind of put on this weird interesting um kind of behaviors and after a while you kind of you kind of start to build and kind of repeat that kind of patterns and you then you notice that it kind of it just it's almost like a, a downward spiral right um so that's something that you know personally i was like i guess that's what you got to do to do this but obviously over years and obviously doing a lot of reflection and self-work um and just looking now i look back and i'm like what what was going on there in that sense right mm -hmm. well, again part of it was for me was a sense of identity that I was kind of like confused and it's like okay, well, i guess that's what you got to do but then it didn't really feel right on, on a deeper level, but you're like, well, I guess that's just what you do to survive in the streets in a sense. Right. Um, so, so it's kind of an interesting one for me where I, there's a lot of similarities there too. And it'd be, it'd be interesting to, to get the take on the, the intern. I, I mean, I'm, I'm like in my mid thirties now, so I don't know by what it's like to but a bit of a younger generation, but I'd be interested to know what the, if this internalized misogyny is still, prevalent on on both i mean i mean gender's respect gender's spectrum for the sake of this conversation in a sense is that internalized misogyny still all over the place or is it kind of skewed into one end or the other i'm i'm just curious um i think that yeah it is still prevalent but i think as more um women are kind of getting more independence and also as a lot more people are getting more and more educated our eyes are kind of being more open to the fact that, you know, when you see, when you meet a guy who's misogynistic, as, as you put it, that's not the right person for you. As you go through experiences and you understand, um, even like just meeting different people, you start to understand more that that type of behavior in the long run 
isn't right. And I think also with social media, I mean, we, we see a lot of different stories around the world of like, oh, this guy did this, or even celebrities. Like we joke a lot about future, for example. And I think seeing that sort of thing on a daily basis, you start to just realize, okay, there's a lot of these type of men out there and that's not what I want. I want the Russell Wilson. So you start to kind of, <laughs> start to kind of adjust your preference. So I, I think that's what's happening right now. I agree. And I also think it's good to see on social media as well that other, you know, black men are calling out behaviors like that future kind of perpetuates is problematic, you know, because it's been, a, it's, it's a long, Long time coming to see, you know, more black men taking accountability of, you know, toxic masculinity and misogynistic behaviors. And sometimes it's kind of disdain or this hatred towards like, you know, like dark skinned women and things like that. And more men are speaking out, um, which is kind of really like a good like transition to kind of see how the community is kind of coming together to highlight these issues, you know, and kind of break down these, you know, generational understandings of like, you know, gender and masculinity and femininity and just kind of, um, gathering this more like healthy understanding of like masculinity and what it means to be a man doesn't mean you have to degrade a woman it's just showing respect just for people in general like treating people with respect listening to folks supporting people practicing some form of solidarity um and i think it's great um but i still think you know sometimes that dominant culture where there are a lot of men that who still in the future kind of perpetuate these ideas and then there are some women that do kind of have this internalized misogyny that also hinder like men being vulnerable so for you ray if um you know you're dating you're, you're not you're choosing not to date and then there are women that may just assume that you're gay and it's just like no nah, like maybe i don't feel like dating right now or maybe you just not my type or whatever or maybe i focus on other things you know like sometimes women we need to make sure that we need to allow like other identities of like manhood and masculinity to come to fruitation and not just assume that somebody is gay if they're not dating right now or they don't see an interest in somebody right now and if they are gay so what <laughs> i was gonna say i think it comes from i don't know can you guys hear me yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Sorry, I came in late. I do African timing. Sorry. <laughs> um, but um, hope you guys are all well. Um, I was going to say that I think even saying, um, you know, the assumption that somebody might be gay, I think a lot of it also the underlining issue is that if you show a little bit of like, like any feminine characters, for example, you can be a little bit loving, you can be a little bit like, you know, you might like certain colors and a lot of things. I think it also has an underlining of homophobia. Homophobia is not something that's like 20, 21st century thing. It's like a forever thing. It's like in the Bible. So um, a lot of it is, it's not that there's something wrong with women. It's that you know, they want that clear distinction because if you show anything close to that, you might be assumed gay because being gay is not okay, as it's taught by so many cultures. So in order for that distinction to happen, you know, they had to make, you know, looking like a girl is wrong or like wanting something that a girl wants is wrong and things like that. The underlining issue is that there is a lot of homophobia and things like that, that you think that a little bit of, you know, a certain character can be um, categorized as you being gay or like if you don't want to date at the moment that you can be gay and all these things. It's not just being a misogynistic person, it's also being <laughs> homophobic. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, I think the idea of sort of like, um, you know, your ability to date multiple women or like, uh, I guess, pull multiple women. I think um, a lot of times, particularly when we talk about um, black the black community, I think it's attached to your, your masculinity, right? Like if you're able to get multiple women, you're seen as being more masculine. And if you're not, then you're seen as being feminine and also possibly gay. So I'm just wanted to kind of ask the group in general, like, where do you think that idea came from? Because I think, of course, when you talk about where values come from and where, like, you know, how we're conditioned and socialized in certain aspects, it, it usually comes from the family unit. Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, where did that idea come from, particularly when it comes to black boys? And how, how, oh, you, you say slavery? Everything comes with slavery, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Expand, please. Well, I, 
I'm not going to say slavery directly, but just right. the process of trying to insert ourselves as like a part of like being citizens in North America and just this idea that we are human. So how can we assert ourselves as human beings under these scopes of like manhood and womanhood? So as a mm -hmm. woman, I want to be feminine. I want to be taken care of. I want, you know, I want to, you know, be a housewife or whatever that may look like. But I think also for um, sometimes for black men and their black manhood, it's it's very it's very particular because they do want to have this power and this privilege that we have seen through like white privilege, and so this understanding of manhood is very important to asserting themselves as like human beings. So being so dehumanized from slavery and Jim Crow, and then this whole process, you know, post slavery, it's like okay, we are human. We are also men because we can do all of these things, you know, and sometimes that's where that the problem comes in when we're trying to overcompensate this understanding of manhood. Um, and I and I always try to make sure that black men kind of understand doing a little too much ultimately kind of hypersexualizes yourself and you don't want to do that either. So I think finding again just kind of healthy representations of like manhood that don't that doesn't harm other people in the community, but also doesn't harm yourself. Right. I think it has a lot of like religious background in my opinion um, because there are some countries like for example um, the East um, I'm like you know the East African countries they face slavery but it was more so colonization uh, in North Africa as well colonization versus slavery you know slavery within the countries can happen too but I think um, a lot of these ideals and a lot of these um, things that we still practice to this day do come from they have a religious background and cultural background um though white supremacy and all of these things like the way we hypersexualize um you know not only black men but black women um you know there's um um what's her name there's this lady there's this um uh slave a black woman that was uh, put in museums for her to yeah. yeah so you know it's not only black men but these things also you know date back to religious beliefs where you know in some religions the more wives you have the better it is because they want to expand the religion you know um there's so many beliefs even in cultures and whatnot where you know the more you have the better because you're expanding your um pretty much your seed is how they say it in our uh culture so mm -hmm. it's it's very i would i personally i don't know if I would have to do more research, but I think um, there's also cultural aspect to it where it does go back to like centuries and centuries and centuries. But it, it is definitely enhanced with, you know, colonizing and uh, colonization and, and slavery and whatnot, because, you know, in order to uh, put down an entire race, there needs to be aspects of it where you can uh, break down the people, hate each other and <laughs> hate themselves and all of these things, you know, so. I, I think it goes way back, personally. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I was going to mention that. And there were times when um, white people were raping black people to take away their humanity. Yeah. It really, like, take that away. And that sort of trauma has, you know, trauma has a way of passing down to generations. So I think that's another factor in this whole thing. Emasculation as well. Like I know a lot of hotels use that word, like the emasculation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to avoid that word. <laughs> word. <laughs> That's really what I thought about. Just like we can black men have been so emasculated, it's like we have to re-masculate ourselves. Emasculate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but a reason why a lot of black men feel that way is because like well, a lot of us men, a lot of us feel like our manhood, quote unquote, is all we have. Like, you know, we're disrespected for being black, like all the time that we already have like a lot of disadvantages, but like the one thing that we have to hold on to is our manhood. Like the one thing that garners respect around, you know, the workplace or in our homes or like, you know, just walking down the street is the fact that, you know, I'm a man and you got to treat me like a man. So like, you know, like, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm able to protect myself. I'm able to fight, um, you know, you know, like, whatever the case may be like you know i i should be getting like respect you know around my like my wife and kids because i'm the one who's providing you know my, like the lifestyle you know like there's just like all these different types of things and so you know um like a lot of time like you know uh, you know a lot of times you know 
like if a, if a black man gets accused of having feminine qualities, that's why, you know, he'll react, you know, as, as big as he does, because, you know, like, what are you trying to say that I'm not a man? Because like, if, if I'm not a man, then, you know, then all I, then all I am is black. And we know like mm -hmm. black doesn't, doesn't, isn't really helping me that much around here. So, you know, you know, I, I'm a man, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that, that I've, I've thought a lot about that. And like, I think that's what it is. Just like a lot of times our manhood as harmful as it might be and as much as much of it as it is a sort of a construct a lot of times that's all we have you know so that's a good um, point just, okay sorry i just want to pivot to um also just talking about how girls are raised um i think a lot of girls you hear them say oh my dad is so overprotective or my brothers are so overprotective um and a lot of the times when you ask guys why they're like that, they say, oh, it's because I know how guys think. Um, mm. Because, you know, and maybe a lot of the times too, what they're trying to avoid um, or, or spare their sister or female cousin or whatever from feeling they've done to some other woman out there who's also a daughter or a sister. So um, what do we think about that overprotection is, do you think it's warranted also because of the kind of society that we live in? It's like, it's a pretty dangerous world for women. I mean, for example, Vancouver is a pretty safe city, but like, I would be very cautious still about walking on the street by myself. Mm. Um, so yeah, do you think it's warranted that overprotection or, and also something to pull on as well is, um, I don't know if you guys heard about uh, the story with T.I. going to his daughter's- oh, um, That was horrible. Can I just say? Um, check uh, if her hymen is- I, I don't think, personally, I have five brothers, right? I have five brothers and my dad, there's they weren't they, they've never been overprotective but we always discuss this and i think it's just the feeling of owning a woman you know feeling mm. like you can control a woman's body you can control what she's done like she's doing and all these things you know what i mean if you really want to protect a woman you can take I mean, for example for me um you know, if uh, my, my, my dad was really, you know, over, like, he was just really scared for me when I started working downtown. And I was just like, if you're really scared, I could, like, go and learn how to, um, what do you, what do they call it? Not boxing. Self-defense. Self-defense. Oh, wow. You know, so many things that actually could help me protect myself instead of being under control where, like, you have to come home at this time, you have to do this, you have to do that. You know what I mean? Um, and so th there is a part of it where I strongly believe that men do feel like they can own women's bodies. And TI is a perfect is example. You know what I mean? By checking her hymen, which is scientifically so wrong, you can't, like, it there is no correlation. Um, and so part of that is, you know, the way if you've watched like their, their reality TV show, whatever, the way he raises his sons is the same exact way where it's very toxic. Um, he wants them to have women, multiple women. I know like so many things that are so wrong versus when it comes to his daughter, he's like, you can't be doing this, you can't be doing that. That's not protection. Protection is actually equipping a person in ways that they can protect themselves, you know, there, I do feel like when, you know, men like brothers or cousins or whatever, dads are like, you can't do this, you can't do that. You don't own a person. You can't tell a person not to do something. You could, if you're so scared about a woman's safety, you can move to a different, I don't know, a, a safer neighborhood, equip them with so many self-defense, whatever. But I do personally think that it comes from wanting to own a woman because it's, it's, it's such a generational thing where like we've seen it in the past we've seen it like centuries ago where it, it, like you know it's pretty much like you own a woman like you own animals that's how it is um can i add something to that um <laughs> um i think i think there's this notion of uh people who thinking that men some men are that way but men want to control men want to be empowered you know, I'll speak for myself and I'll speak for some certain people that I know as men. Um, if we go back as men, we are conditioned to be protective for something we care about. Mm, right? That's true. You care about something, you want to protect it. That's just the way men are conditioned, right? There are men out there that makes that protection look bad. 
let's cancel those men off. I'm not talking about them right now. And but <laughs> my, I, have, I have four sisters. I'm extremely protective because I care that much. I would never want to see them hurt because if I ever see my sisters hurt, I am. Yeah, you see hurt. red, <laughs> right? Like, exactly. Red. There's this. Yeah. this there's this, we, we don't, like women, women are conditioned to be nurturers, right? They take care of things. They want to, they want to make things better. But what we know is protect, protect, protect. That's, that's just what we know how to do. And time goes on, that old fashioned, that quaint way of thinking that, you know, um, is your way or the highway. But I think times have changed that you need to communicate with your daughter or your wife or your, uh, or your, or your sister. That communication is something I think we're lacking nowadays. We never, I don't think men are ever gonna stop being protective. I don't think that's ever gonna stop, but I think we need to, we need to uh, evolve with it in the sense of mm -hmm. communicate with the person that you're trying to protect. Mm -hmm. You have to understand what they, what they like and what they don't like, right? You can't just protect someone like, well, I'm doing this for your own good, but you gotta understand that your time and this time is absolutely different. Right. And I think for men, I'm always going to be protective of my sisters, even my mom. And she's my mom and I'm going to be protective of her. You know, it's just the way we can. I, I think what, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the protection, 100 percent. A lot of people and like men are conditioned to be protective. You know what I mean? Uh, they're they were the hunters. They were the, you know, gatherers, whatever. And women were nurturers. But what I'm trying to say is part of, um, you know, being protective. And, you know, like we've mentioned, um, misogyny being, you know, underlining of so many issues that there is a part of our culture and we're all black, we're all like, <laughs> we go back, like we're all African. So we can relate when we say, you know, uh, our cultures do in some ways make it feel like men can own women. I'm not saying that they're, mm. you, you, you can protect a woman. You can say that she's whatever, my sister, she's my mother, she's <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. I have to protect her. But there's a certain level of sometimes where you have, like, they're, not you, but like, generally speaking, where men feel like they can tell a woman what to do. Does that make oh. sense? Like, there is a certain level of like, where you feel like you have the entitlement to tell what to to tell woman what to do telling a woman to come home at a certain time to like do this and that and that because i care about you i want to protect you there are some things that are like they have an underlining issue where like th that goes unchecked you know what i'm saying um there there's a back in the day i don't think it's it's it doesn't happen but in my culture in my country um in some villages a woman can't um she can't own a home she can't own land because she doesn't know how to take care of it. So in order to, you know, the man to protect them, blah, 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 uh, from like, like other, whatever, other invaders or whatever it is, they, they, she's not allowed to uh, buy land for some stupid reason uh, because she can't do this and that and that. So a man has to protect her. A man has to whatever. She has to be married to own a land, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, there's so many things that we don't necessarily think about that, yeah, like it's whatever protection, but the underlining thing is that there's a certain level of entitlement that men feel towards women. Can I ask mm. a follow-up question? Like in a modern society, what does this protection look like? Because um, when you were talking about, you know, the hunter-gatherers, okay, I get it. Maybe, you know, if a lion com comes to attack the village, okay, the men are <laughs> arming up to protect you, but like, in this sort of set, like, how are you protecting me? That's what I'm still confused about. Like, so telling you what, men, telling you when to come home. Yeah, oh. is that, is that <laughs> me what to do? Is that how you're protecting me, or are you actually doing something? I think it's also like the the this understanding that women don't have the ability to protect themselves. Mm. So it's like, well, you can't protect yourself, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, and, uh, it's rare that some girls may have a father or a brother that may teach them how to fight or who's, who can shoot and they trust that their sister or daughter or whoever, if they go out or whatever time, they can protect themselves. But there's this general understanding that women don't have the strength to defend themselves against strong men or whoever just comes with some wild stuff. And so I think, you know, to go off what you're saying is just understanding that we just can't do it. So we have like so these men in our families will have to make these manipulations in order for them to understand or for order for us to understand that we are protected 
under their like eye. Mm. But if I'm going to the store, they're not, they're probably not going to be with me, like to fight for me or something oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, but I feel like mm. there's also like your mild cases and your extreme cases. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, so I mean, I think for a lot of us, we have like the mild cases where our dads are like, "Come home at a certain time." But there are parents that really police like their daughters to where like they police in their outfits, phone calls, friends, outing. Yeah. You ain't going mm. to the grocery store by yourself. You can't drive like, and then that's when they become very sheltered. And then mm. when it's yeah. time for them to leave the house, and these you know girls are just clueless yeah. because they haven't had the opportunity to make these their their own mistakes. Or mm. learn from certain situations, mm. and so when you have these very extreme cases, then mm. it becomes very problematic and quite harmful. Yeah, it's kind of like how go. you know. Sorry, I was gonna. I was just gonna throw in like a statement where it's like you know how we say, "Oh, I want a man who's like so six whatever, big, so that they can protect me." Blah blah blah. All these things that like when I think about it, I, I at the end of the day, it's just feeling like someone is there to protect you. You know what I mean? We have mm. a saying that in and um which means like your dad is like your umbrella because he protects the family it's just that his presence almost like is the protection like uh we, you can't you can't disrespect a woman because she has a good dad you know what i mean mm. or like she has a dad that protects her you know it mm. it's not necessarily like a physical aspect but like the respect they respect you because you have like brothers if i if i tell people if i tell someone that i'm on a date with or something like that i'm like yeah i have five brothers even if they're younger than me they're like oh five brothers there's a, a little bit of like a value to that you know what i mean so it's not necessarily just like protecting you to go to the store it's just that respect as well yeah i was um i was gonna say um just with regards to what modern day protection looks like between uh, a man and a woman whatever dynamic that may be whether it's you know a man and his partner and she's you know a woman or a brother and a sister I for myself I, I feel as if um women are very nuanced and idiosyncratic like it's you can't paint every single woman as the same individual who needs the same things and I think from what I've learned um as a man approaching this topic is that communication is instrumental in any relationship dynamic and uh I know I mentioned my sister before but I I my sister, I've always let her know that if she ever needs my help and requires my help, I'm there for her. Um, mm. I've communicated that to her since we were young. I, I've never been the brother that, you know, spies or like you know, tries to question who she's dating and if, if they're like, what are they doing and what time will you be home? I think that's always just been a corny thing. And I, I just always communicated to her and I've been very open and transparent that, you know, I'm, I'm her big brother, which means whenever she needs me and what she needs me to do, I'll do it. And when she needs me to do it. Um, I think a lot of the time, the notions of autonomy and agency, like, especially for women, they're viewed as privileges when in reality, they're rights, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think mm -hmm. um, there's a fine line between wanting to protect your, your whatever, like a woman in your life and then owning her. And I, I just think communication and really asking and inquiring what it is that you could do to make them feel safe um, and adhering to the guidelines that they provide you. Um, mm. Communication is key, yeah. Yeah, no, communication is absolutely like everything. And um, um, like, I feel like a lot of times, um, like whether we're older siblings or parents or stuff like that, a lot of times we, um, we think we're showing love to like our, our young girls by restricting them like in our minds we're protecting them but then like we're restricting them and then they feel restricted and then we're not communicating with them about why we're protecting slash restricting them and then it like leads to this this whole bad thing um but just to sort of like give like some of the women in here some perspective about like some how some men think like okay like the, the stuff that you guys said about the things that you need to be careful of you know like walking down the street alone you know watching your drink um you know like not putting yourselves in positions where like a, a man could be aggressive we also i have i have a younger sister and a younger cousin who i'm like you know like i also really really don't want those things to happen to my sister and my cousin right um i don't restrict them at all i let them live their lives but i really really do not want these things to happen if something were to happen to my little sister, man, like, you know, puts his hands on her or something, puts something in her drink, something happens to her on the street, on the street, y'all gotta understand, I'm going to jail. Word. 
Like I'm going to jail. Word. My mom, I, I can already see it. Something happens to my sister. My mom could be right over there. Tunji, don't do anything. Tunji, don't do anything. Just let the police handle it, whatever. I'm like, yeah, 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 cool. I am on my phone all day until I find the dude who did something Word. to my sister. I am going to jail. If I'm not in jail, I have not. I feel like I haven't done my job. Straight up. Right. Like, you can't, like, like, don't do anything to my, to my family. Don't do anything to my people. Like, that's how we, and so... I think because we know, I, I, you know, at least for me, I can only speak for myself because I know how far I would go to make sure that nobody ever messes with my people again. I can see how other men who feel the exact same way would rather go for um, sort of extreme preventative measures. Like that's how they deal with it. It's just like, okay, I really, really don't want this situation to happen. It would break my heart. I would lose my mind. I'm going to do everything and everything to make sure that that doesn't happen. But the downside to that is just like, you know, these young girls and these young women end up feeling really rest restricted and resentful. And um, that's why the communication needs to be there. Like, I feel like more men need to say that to their, to their daughters or to their sisters. It's like, if something happens to you, I'm going to see red and well, that's it. Somebody is, somebody is going to, Somebody's gonna die. <laughs> Word. Um, I, I totally relate to what Tunji's saying because, like, when I look at it from the perspective of trying to protect my sister, it's like it's tough because you kind of have to find that balance. It's like, do you are you willing to like be overprotective and risk her resenting you, or like, are you trying to like have her like be willing to experience life, like communicate with her, but like giving her her freedom so so that she can actually like experience life and like not hate you you know what I mean because like mm. with that if you give her that freedom the risk of her being like hurt by somebody it does go up you know what I mean like so it's just it's just a it's a hard decision to come to as like someone who's an older brother um obviously I, I don't want her resenting me I don't think that's ever like anything is ever worth that so I I totally feel with, uh what Yule was saying when he was talking about um communicating with your sister because I try to have conversations with her all the time about like ways that I can help her out but at the same time I can't shake that feeling in my right. head like oh my god like I can't always be around to protect her and there's so much messed up things happening to females out there that like like it almost pushes me over the edge sometimes just thinking right. about it, be like yo like, I gotta I gotta be a little bit more like stern and like you know what I mean but I don't know uh, I, at the end of the day I don't want her hating me so that's what stops me from like going over that edge but like man like like Tunji said man if something ever happened jail why the reason why yeah the reason why i would go to jail is because i would partly feel responsible you know what i mean because i would yeah. feel like, oh my god i could have i could have been more proactive about it. i could have <clears> been right. more preventative about it but i didn't i was too soft and now this happened so i have to i have to solve it on my own i have to kill somebody um, i think i think a point that i would make like uh just one more point i know i know okay. Pauline, you want to switch um but i think a final point that i would make is that like we, we may be tiptoeing around it a little bit, but like when we talk about protecting like um, women or whatever, you have to think about what are we protecting them from? Mm. Other men, right? Is that <laughs> like, let's be honest, let's, let's be real. Like, that's really, that's really what it is. So um, I think at the end of the day, like we need to get to a point where like, are we as men, are we gonna accept society as it is and be like, yo, these things are gonna keep happening and we just have to, you know, do our best mm. to protect like our siblings or like our, you know, the women in our lives, or are we going to now start to try to talk to each other about how do we stop, you know, right. how do we stop rape culture? How do we like actually be bold enough to like talk to our bros or talk to our guys? Because I don't know if you guys watch Insecure, but like there was an episode recently Doesn't where um, oh, spoiler. someone, oh, <laughs> all right, uh, yeah. and I can't, it's not really a spoiler. Honestly, that, that scene was not really a spoiler. It was just like yeah. a little throwaway conversation, but um, someone has a child, like um, he, he's a parent and he's having a conversation with his friend um, and he's like, right. yo, like, you know, like, um, thinking about how I used to treat women, like it's crazy to think like I'm gonna have a child and someone's gonna treat, cause he has a daughter, right? He's like, someone's gonna treat this daughter um, bad or whatever. We don't really humanize women until we have women in our lives. So like people say, oh, this is someone's daughter or like this is someone's mom or this is someone's sister. Like you need to say those things to begin mm -hmm. to treat them well. So I think like at the end of the day, we need to be honest about like, 
um, either we're going to accept things for what they are and admit that like, okay, like a lot of the danger that women face is comes from men, or we're going to um, start being brave and having those conversations with each other as mm. men so that we can get to a point where like, this isn't an issue and we don't need to worry about going to jail because we, you know, we went to shoot someone who touched our sister. <laughs> so anyway, that's, <laughs> I think we'll, uh, we'll switch. To no, I was just gonna say, I think it's really um, interesting just hearing how the men um, go about protecting women in their lives. But I think it'll be helpful for the women in this conversation to express how they feel they'll be protected um, by uh, men and what they would like that to look like. And I think that's, that's important. So. Can I? Can yes, I? please. Um, I just, yeah, I would, with what Pauline was saying, um, it, I feel like the conversation did kind of spark around like how men feel like they have to protect um, the females in their life. And obviously, Idris, I don't, I know you don't mean this in a negative way, but I just feel like if sometimes like the mentality of even like for parents or for like anyone like in a relationship is like, how do I give this female her freedom if I'm, re it's, it's still coming around like the source of like control. Like it's, it's like, there's like objectifying and obviously like there's the other side of that is just like the expression of care. And I do agree, like there are some instances where like certain people, not just females, can put themselves in situations where you could say like, how could I have dealt with this better? But at the same time, I don't feel like society has enough conversation, or maybe there is, that is just like, you literally should have raised your son differently, you know? And it's kind of mm. just like, how, how, I like I agree like women like females yeah like you should take self-defense classes not just because it's just like yo I live in a very sketchy neighborhood and I think I need to protect myself it's more like this is something like I enjoy like rather than that just being like the first thing is just I don't know I I don't like the idea of having to give girls like rape kits like a rape whistle here's mace here's all this mm. like, keep these things with you when you're walking around at night it's just like uh like these are things i'm being taught but like i don't hear enough conversation or like implementation of like teaching younger boys from a very young age mm -hmm. treat others the way you want to be treated and like mm -hmm. i I like for me like if anyone does anything to me i'm sure like all of my brothers are gonna like be on this dude's ass or whatever but at the same time, I feel like still there's that instance of like showing that violence is like the way to solve the problem, which is basically like sexual violence. There's this, there are all these things that just like extend on like how, like how females can get hurt. And like the way I would like to be protected is like, yeah, tell me all these things that I need to do to be aware of. But at the mm. same time, bring my younger brothers or bring these other males to the table and like i guess this is what we're doing right now like generate more conversation of like how yeah how we want to feel safe like around each other kind of thing i was just gonna say the same thing that um i feel like the statement that was made is that men say that we are protecting you because we know what other men are like but it's like in the same way that when we're younger we are taught to protect ourselves and not open our legs or whatever, but our male counterparts are like applauded when they've lost their virginity or whatever. It's like, what if we were both raised the same way and we're both told to protect ourselves or whatever, then they wouldn't need to protect us from all these other guys that are, they know are just like them because they too are on the prowess or whatever. Yeah, I think it's a lot of, sometimes it does come off as policing, like what we should and shouldn't do. And just even thinking about just sometimes the conversation, like men feel like I put in so much work to protect my mm. sister and my daughters. And it's just like, put in that same amount of work to check your friends or have this conversation with your homeboy. Because <laughs> a lot of times when women say, well, men are trash, it's not just out of this space of dating and like problematic dating. It's like different men we have met, whether it's a professor, a teacher, some guy mm. at Starbucks, or wherever, you know, a really weird uncle or somebody. It's not, you know, coming out of this whole issue of just, just dating. It's 
the institution and the ways in which men treat us and how certain forms of like sexual harassment is so prevalent in our experiences that it is a lot of labor for us to protect mm. ourselves. And, and mm. while my dad does a great job of like educating me on protecting myself, it's, it's like, I already know, like as a woman, bad things have will happen to me. Like, I just know mm. that. Um, and so I always have to take these precautions. Like, yeah, I do need to go get gas, but shit, it's 11.30 at night. Is this the best option? It's like all of these extra things that we are already mm. aware of, like these extra like safety precautions we have to take to ensure like we're safe. And so I really just hope that as we move forward, you know, like black men are having these conversations to their friends because we, as women, we hear these, we hear these conversations all the time. We see these narratives all the time when it comes out with like rape and the victim shaming and the blaming it's the same conversation over and over again like what does she do what does she do what does she do what does she do and it's never like this accountability of how can we teach men to better control themselves or how can we better teach men to interact and respect women and it's like put that energy and that labor into your friends or your social circles or whatever mm -hmm. i was just yeah. gonna say can i ask a question um Crap, I feel like I lost the question as soon as I opened my mouth. But um, when it comes to, um, I guess when it comes to like protection and whatnot, um, I always often think about like, are my brothers good to other women? Like they're protective of me and my sister, but are they good? Like if anything happened to me or my sister, like um, what Idris was saying, they would absolutely kill that person regardless of what that is. They're willing to go to jail for that. However, are they being good to other people just like you know you know how they say oh what if that was your sister what if that was your mother it's because a lot of men can't imagine that certain thing happening to someone unless if it's someone that is related to them they can't humanize mm -hmm. women unless it's mm -hmm. someone they can under like they can't conceptualize a woman being hurt unless you get you give a reference to them where it's like oh it could be your mm. sister it could be your mother blah 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 but you know like i'm 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 i can confidently say oh yeah my brothers would do this for me they would blah 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 but am i confident enough to say that i am educating my brothers or my dad's educating my brothers or my mom is doing that to ensure that they're not out there hurting women because at the end of the day the same way that we say that could be your sister your mother blah blah that could be your brother that could be your friend that could be your whatever harming other women and they're going unchecked mm. and i don't yeah. think that correlation is mutually exclusive sometimes like because yeah. when we try to say oh yeah what if it was your mother's your sister they really they don't matter like that's they mom like that's you're not their mom or you're not their sister so they're not going to treat you automatically the same because they love your mama mm. yeah but i think i think, I, I think I, sorry go ahead go ahead sorry i'm just because we're kind of short on time so i gotta okay oh. <laughs> um but what do you guys think about um using marriage as a tool to um kind of have like let's say there is a daughter and a family and you know it's it's now time in the father's head to um, marry his daughter off so that now she can have uh, more protection. She can have a husband that is going to protect her and even the husband's family. What do you think about that in like modern society versus also um, maybe, because some people say that that makes more sense in like maybe a poorer country where if, if the, the father can't protect his whole family because there's a lot of children and things like that. So he needs to marry the daughter off to um, another family to have her protected that way. I feel like that, I mean, I would imagine that wouldn't work at all because, you know, in a modern society, like, you know, I have like a lot of women in my life have told me that they've grown up like watching like, you know, Disney movies and stuff like that, where they're told that, you know, Prince Charming is coming and that they're going to find true love. So, I feel like a situation where their father is arranging a marriage for them or whatever the case may be. I feel like that just, I just feel like that just, that just wouldn't work even a little bit. Um, I don't know. But. Or even just I like the that. pressure of them to, to find someone, maybe not find someone for the, them, the dad forcing them to marry someone specifically, but just having mm. them married. I think that it, I think that like as women, we are, we're we're no like we're supposed to get married that's like an achievement for us 
So I don't think it always necessarily comes down to like the protection part. I think it's seen as an achievement for a woman to be married and to be a wife and to have kids and things like that. I know that's like one of the major pressures that I feel right now as like a 25 year old who's like, who's single where every conversation that I get on with, like whether it's with an uncle, with my grandma, with my, with my um, cousins, it's like, hey, like, when are you gonna get married? When are you bringing a man to the village? Like, and it's just like, not, it's not an achievement. Like, not, like you know, getting, getting married is not supposed to be an achievement. So I don't think it comes down to like protection of the man, but I think that as women, getting married is seen as an achievement. So it's your lifetime goal. And what's funny about that is they'll allow our male counterparts to go and date and do whatever they want. Meanwhile, we're supposed to just stay at home and learn to cook and do all these things. And we turn like 20 something, they're like, where's your husband? Am I supposed to Where's download him off the internet? Like, <laughs> do anything. What do you mean? And like, even as women, like we're just raised essentially to be mothers. Like we're not raised like our male counterparts. We're not, we're never raised as like, yeah, you can achieve the same things as your brother does. Like, it's always like, hey, like, did you learn how to make a goosey this week? And it's like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like, it's just, it's like, we're raised to be mothers. We're raised to be wives, we're raised to be like caretakers. And that's the achievement that we've been given as like women. And then you're going to put it on the line if you don't do any, if you don't aspire to do any of those things. Do you guys think that like millennial women are like the first generation of women who have the collective thought that we can be more than just um, mothers and wives? You know what I yeah. mean? No. I, don't think so. I actually don't think it's our generation. I think it's the generation before us because like my mom was my mom was a breadwinner for our family. Mm. So like I think that when women were allowed to now be properly educated and actually go out to get masters and, and become whatever they actually wanted to, I think that happened with our parents, not necessarily mm. like our generation. Right. But I think we they're able to do both. I think for our generation we just don't want to we don't we we want to have the option not to do both like we want to you know what i mean do you get, right. do you get what i'm trying to say like uh, our parents generation they they got married and they had the career our, our generation is more along the lines of like i want to choose to be married mm. i think for our generation it's a little bit different because i do think a lot of for one i'll say even first for black women um historically one black women have always just kind of been independent or the matriarch of the family. So I feel like that's just culturally and historically something that's always embedded in us. But I do think now, like with a lot of millennial women, we are like CEOs of our own companies. And we, um, we also just kind of okay with this idea and kind of pushing for this idea of being a very independent woman. And we are getting multiple degrees and things like that. So kind of redesigning like this imagery of of this nuanced version of like womanhood of the things that we can accomplish and not just being a working class woman which is not a problem but just knowing that our mothers have worked so hard to right. to bring us to where we are but now we have so many other opportunities and avenues to kind of do things that our mother has hasn't done so maybe i want to date five four or five different guys or mm. travel by myself or have the freedom to get multiple degrees or whatever um, and then again, that kind of positions, you know, black women differently because now it's, when it comes to dating, it does, looks a little bit harder for us because um, we don't see as many of our counterparts excelling as well as we are. Mm. And sometimes men do feel intimidated because we may have one or two degrees or we may have more money or we may be a business owner. And some mm. guys may not be feeling that. And then, or it's just as women, it's like, I'm not feeling that either. Mm. You know, like I may be, you know, 40 with no kids and no husband. It's like, okay. <laughs> Like the saying of uh, what is the the Nigerian writer? Um, we we teach women to shrink themselves. Um, Mamada Adichie. Yes, I'm really bad with names, but yeah, it's, I think it's not only just the generation before us. I think it's it's been a a very long fight for women to have even basic rights and and i feel like it's an ongoing battle it it doesn't mean because i'm free right now to do what i want to do i know someone my age my cousin back home that still lives back home doesn't have the same rights as i do 
-hmm. you know what I mean? Just because I'm able to do this in this generation. There was a woman that was able to do the things that I'm able to do now. White women were allowed to do that like a long time ago. We weren't, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so, yeah, and you know, in the Western world, you absolutely can. There's so many, you know, unless your family is very still traditional, um, there's so many ways that I, I am technically free, but there's so many ways that sexism now looks differently than it did back in the day. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's an ongoing battle and it's an, it's a generational battle that, you know, the transitions have been happening uh, slowly where now we're talking about, Oh, it, it should be my freedom to choose when to marry before it was, you know, you have to marry this person that we bring you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's still a practice back back home. There's still, that's a practice everywhere. You know what I mean? But it's a slow transition. It's a very, very gradual transition. And sexism definitely looks differently now than it mm-hmm. did back in the day. You know what I mean? Now mm-hmm. I can vote, but there's some, now I don't have the option still, whether if I want to have an abortion or not, you know, there's so many things mm-hmm. that are mm. still an ongoing conversation. And I don't think um, the progress is necessarily individual aspect where like your family can be progressive, but you know, just because I'm free to do so many things that my family's okay with, doesn't mean other women are not, you know what I mean? Mm. Or it doesn't mean other women are allowed to do. So I, I see it as a, if it, as a collective, I don't think we're as free as we think. Um, and it's um, definitely, it's not just a generation before us, but so many generations. My great-grandmother, I mean, my my um, aunties and all of those, they fought in the war. They did everything mm, that man was wow. to do. All these things, you know what I mean? So I think it, it's it's been an ongoing battle, but we just see it differently now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. even Black women in like pregnancy, that's like a scary thing for a lot of us. Yep. And so it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to have kids, but am I going to survive that? You know? Yeah. And the way that works is completely, you know, it's insane to me. Yeah. I just wanted to go off of also what RM said. Um, I think like women have always had the collective thought that they want to be more independent. It just took a lot of fight. I mean, it, from a North American context, um, women only got the right to vote like in the 20s um and that took a lot of fights we're in the 60s or so so there's also a differentiation in when it comes to race you know what i mean right right and i think it also correlates with like industrialization and globalization i think really why a lot of women were getting more freedom was because now you know we need, they need more workers because the, the world is now being more and more connected. So we need more bodies to be more ha- all hands on deck. And with mm. things like inflation too, now the average family can't just have a one person, one person in the household earning. So, you know, now let's tag in the woman. And I think through those things that, which also kind of just better, bet, more benefited men as well. Um, I think women started to get more and more rights and more and more independence. And so, um, yeah, that's my opinion on that. I was um, just thinking about how, uh, specifically in America, I know a, a couple of years ago, it was all over the news and it was really heartwarming to see that the number one demographic in America that was the most educated was Black women. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, um, it's so it's interesting because uh, it's, it's like Black men, we're very uh, aware of, the the vexations and the systematic oppressions that are um geared towards us specifically as black men when in reality and like historically speaking black women have always they always have you know they ride for us they always protect us they always do what they can to support us and to fight for us when in reality i feel as if like a lot of the times uh there's specific um uh, systematic uh forms of oppression that are specifically uh geared towards black women and so yeah they might be the most educated uh demographic in america but what about the 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 pay gap that exists for black women and so you know black women can become independent and they can be extremely educated and they can be very comprehensive in terms of their competence and skill level but what are the you know there's so there's an amalgamation of different types of forms of oppression that specifically uh attack black women like i think only recently in america if i i I hope 
uh, at the expense of sounding ignorant, there's only three states in America that have passed a law where it's illegal to fire black women for wearing their natural hair in professional work settings. Um, like <laughs> this, there's an amalgamation of different things that, that are specifically uh, geared to, again, attack black women. And so I, I think it's always interesting that, yeah, sure, black women, I, like in my life, uh, on the TV screens and in, in, in the entertainment industry and sports, they have been shown to, you know, be more than capable of being independent and being successful and not relying on any man or another individual to um, thrive and be the most successful. But I think a lot of the times we, especially as, as Black men, we, we have uh, a tendency to forget that, you know, there's some forms of oppression that we'll never experience that mm. black women stay experiencing all the time. And it doesn't mm. even matter if they're the smartest or if they're the most educated or if they're the most, you know, skilled or competent for the job. It's, it's, they fight different battles in us a lot of the times. And I think we just need to be at the bare minimum knowledgeable of that and respectful of that. Um, yeah. I don't know if my best on anything. No, that makes sense. Okay, cool. I think we can end here. Um, thank you everyone for watching and listening. And please remember to subscribe if you haven't already and give this video a like. And you can also share with us your thoughts on the topics that we discussed today in the comments below. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review. Um, so yeah, that's all for today. And we'll see you next time, hopefully. Bye. Thank you, bye.